the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Having a fidget spinner is a human right. Yeah, the word out of Washington is that uh, lots of Republican senators disagree, apparently, with the media's slobbering all over Adam Schiff and his uh, never-ending speech yesterday. They weren't as mesmerized, apparently, as the people at CNN and MSNBC. They were playing with fidget spinners. That's a kid's toy, in case you didn't know. I've heard of them. Never really knew exactly what they were. But according to Alex Rogers at CNN, he said today, quote, Some senators have fidget spinners at their desks. This is too good to be true. Within the first 20 minutes of Representative Jerry Nadler's remarks, Senator Richard Burr removed his papers from his desk and spun a blue fidget spinner. Senator Tom Cotton has a purple one on his desk, and Senator Pat Toomey has a white one. So what is that now? That's uh, uh, red. What, what did I say? A uh, Blue? Yeah, red, white, and blue. There you go. Um, and uh, <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. And Roll Call has a report that some senators have been seen pacing in the chamber and even even doing quad and neck stretches. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised they have, they're not uh, um, uh, incidents of them hanging themselves. I mean, but, uh, you know, this is mild. Uh, Garrett Hack of MSNBC also said on Twitter that Republican uh, Kentucky Senator uh, Rand Paul was drawing a picture of the Capitol and that Republican Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn was reading a book. Uh, so I'm calling on President Trump at this particular time to issue an executive order to provide fidget spinners to every American so that the country can survive this boredom. I mean, uh, it's a human right. It's a, it's a human right that we should have a, a fidget spinner. How could anybody be expected to hear the same things over and over again from down there without going for the fidget spinner or something worse? Meanwhile, uh, on CBS this morning, Tony, uh, what's his name, asked Hakeem Jeffries, he's a congressman from, from New York, about the Republicans seeming, you know, a little distracted down there. But, Congressman, when, when you make that case and you look out uh, on the floor of, of senators, we've seen reports that some are doing crossword puzzles, some doze off. Uh, do you feel that you have their attention and that they are receptive to the evidence that you're bringing forth? Well, they'll ultimately have to decide the question of receptivity, but... But you can I tell when, my... you're, when you're addressing a crowd, I mean, you can tell if people are paying attention to you or, or not. Do you get the sense that people are paying attention? Yeah, I mean, if I were uh, doing a speech that I thought was pretty important, uh, uh, you know, and I looked out and <laughs> everybody was playing with fidget spinners, I'd get the idea that maybe uh, they're not all that interested in what I'm saying. Um, and I'm just thinking, I don't remember anybody playing with uh, toys during the Clinton um, impeachment. I wasn't around for the Johnson impeachment. But what kind of toys would they have had back then? What was it, 1865, whatever it was? Um, they, maybe they were playing with toys, um, but it wouldn't have been reported on television because they didn't have TV. But anyway, uh, that's where we are, fidget spinners in Washington. When we come back, we're going to talk about anchor babies. Stick around. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have 5 to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. 
Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions are posted at textrules.us. Texting and roles for recurring automated marketing text messages, message and data rates may apply. Hi, I'm Tom from k 11 and I have one question for you. What size socks are you wearing right now? If you're like everyone else I've asked, you simply don't know. How could you? That's because until now, socks were made in one size fits all or just a couple of sizes to fit every size foot. But not at Kane 11. We make our socks in 11 individual sizes from 7 to 17. That's right, 7 to 17. Great looks and colors to fit everyone's lifestyle. From cotton to wool or anything in between, Kane 11's got the perfect sock for you. Better yarns, better quality, just a better sock. If you don't love them just like we do, send them back for a full refund. That's the Kane 11 promise. Once you wear a pair of Kane 11's, I guarantee you'll never go back to wearing socks in multi-size ranges again. Save 20% off your first order when you text SOCKS to 246810. That's text SOCKS. To 246810. Text SOCKS to 246810. I'm Andy Solomon. Rideshare platforms have evolved to provide riders with even better experiences. Sheriff John Wetzel, chairman of the National Sheriff's Association Traffic Safety Committee and former president of the International Association of Chiefs of Police, explains. Companies like Lyft are making rider safety a priority by continuously screening their drivers. Before getting into any car, riders should match the license plate, car model, and driver's name with what's shown in the app. During your ride, you can share your location and route with your family and friends. According to Wetzel, communities where Lyft is available have also seen lower rates of impaired driving and fatal crashes. For example, Miami-Dade Police announced that there was a 65% decline in impaired driving arrests in 2017 compared to the four prior years, thanks in part to ride-sharing. Nationally, 71% of Lyft riders say they are less likely to drive while impaired because of the availability of ride-sharing services. For more information, visit lift.com. You might wonder why Australians always seem so relaxed. Well, it comes down to sleep, and we can sleep like a koala full of gum leaves. So we've invented a solution to your sleep problems. It's called Pronto Sleep. Pronto Sleep is a two-in-one solution that helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. Pronto gently opens your nose to focus breathing so you can relax and fall into the land of Nod. And the built-in scent diffuser delivers a blend of four pure essential oils all night long for a butte sleep naturally. Then Pronto replenishes the oils ready for the next night. Clever, eh? And does it work? Well, in trials, 84% of people with trouble sleeping found Pronto helped them fall asleep. 74% found it helped them stay asleep. You'll find Pronto now at select Walgreens, Amazon or at prontosleep.com. Pronto Sleep is the gift of sleep from Australia. From RhinoMed, bringing you advanced nasal therapies. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, a little breaking news here. I just saw a note that uh, Rand Paul is now saying that he thinks there are at least 45 senators, Republicans, who would um, vote for uh, dismissal of charges. I think that's great news. It would mean that we wouldn't have to put up with this for another minute. Anyway, uh, as of right now, uh, Donald Trump is still the president, and chances are pretty good, despite that circus down there, uh, that he's going to be president for at least another year, and the smart money is saying he's going to be there for five more years. So uh, he'll probably be able to try to follow through on his plan to reduce or eliminate anchor babies. Those are kids born to non-citizen mothers who come here for the sole purpose of giving birth to a baby who, as you know, would automatically become an American citizen. Tom Tancredo is a former U.S. congressman from Colorado, worked in the Reagan and Bush 41 administrations. He's on the advisory board of an organization called We Build the Wall. He joins us now. Tom, thanks for being here. You bet. It's a pleasure to burn you. Thank you. So um, how many uh, babies do actually drop anchor in the United States every year? Approximately 33,000. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing, really. And um, the uh, I, I can remember, I hope this is still not the case, uh, but I can remember going down to the border on the various tours I took um, uh, many times down there and I, and, ha- and seeing 
uh, at ports of entry, they had um, ambulances. We provided ambulances at the port of entry because there were so many women coming across about to have a baby. I mean, like, you know, within minutes or hours anyway. And they would take them to hospitals and around the area for that purpose. And, uh, and we would provide that kind of service to come into this country and, and have a baby and, and an anchor baby, of course, is what yeah. we refer to it. And um, I, I can remember this was in around, I think this be uh, Arizona at the time when I was down there, we were witnessing this. And at, at that same time, um, the only hospital within about 40 miles was be closed because it could not handle the, the, um, all, all of these births and no, you know, but nobody paying. Uh, it was, it's an amazing thing. And, and yeah, 33,000 a year approximately. So, um, I mean, I go back and forth to Canada a lot, which is only four hours from here. Um, um, and I, I, I'm trying to picture, I mean, I know what it's like to go through customs. And they, you know, I'm an American citizen, and it, I, I get annoyed sometimes with how much grief they give me to, just to get back into my own country. So how is that able to happen on these points of entry that you, where you saw this? I mean, how hard would it have been to have stopped that? Why, why, how was it able to continue to go on? Well, of course, it would have been much easier to stop it. But the reality is that the um, no one wanted to. And, and this is the thing about this whole issue of immigration and immigration reform that really people have to understand. Um, that it, massive fraud... Massive illegal immigration occurred for years, and it occurred not because we couldn't stop it, but because we chose not to. And we chose not, and I say we because I mean Republicans, Democrats. It didn't matter who was in office. It didn't matter who was president of the United States. Um, The status quo, which was, of course, open borders, essentially, was beneficial to, to both parties, both sides, to the Democrats, of course, we all know it's a way of replenishing their voter pool. And the, uh, for the Republicans, we all know it was a, a way to maintain the flow of cheap labor. Hence, you had this, I called it a cabal, really, of, of interests that stopped anybody uh, from doing anything to change the, the system that provided them the, uh, what, they, what they wanted. And so it's Donald Trump. So, uh, you know, that's uh, it changes everything, as they say. Uh, And uh, and I thank God that he's at least bringing it up. Now, you know, let's say his rule change. Let's say that he gets something done on this. Of course, it will be in the courts to the meaning of the 14th Amendment. The Supreme Court, believe this or not, has ruled on the question of whether children born to tourists here ought to be considered U.S. citizens at birth. Never ruled on that. The, the and, and as we and we certainly we know that this case that they make all the time that simply being here, uh, tourism birth is another way to to describe this phenomena. But simply being here when your child is born um, does not in many ways, many times, does not mean that the child is a citizen. For instance, we have many, we have thousands and thousands of people who work in embassies all over the country, right? They're in the United States. They are a foreign citizen. They work for the, uh, you know, the ambassador and, and his or her spouse. They have a child, let's say. Nobody, nobody suggest the child is American citizen. It never, you know, nobody had tried to apply that. They know it's simply not true. And so there are plenty of cases where this idea um, it is not uh, upheld, you know, in the actual, um, uh, in the court systems and even in the bureaucracy. So there's plenty of reason to show, because the only, by the way, another thing, the only been a Supreme Court ruling that even gets near this, and it is always used by the other side saying, well, see, it has it's already been done this a Chinese case, a case of a Chinese immigrant to the United States, 
and he was being denied the ability to vote. And they took it to court and the court said, no, you could, he could do it. Well, big difference, big difference that Chinese parents of this person were legally president of the United States. So, I mean, yeah, it's, there's a huge difference about that and people who have come into the, across this border to, for the purpose simply to have a baby. And they are not, oftentimes, of course, they, uh, they sneak in for that purpose. But for a long time, they came in at the ports of entry, as I say, so that we would provide the service. This is amazing to watch. Yeah. Um, by the way, uh, Tom, we're having a little trouble hearing you. I don't know if we should get a better connection or uh, I just want to let you know that your your, your phone's kind of getting fuzzy every now and then. But um, uh, I, I'm looking at the 14th Amendment here. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state where they wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or uh, immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. So, uh, again, where is the where is the loophole in there? Uh, it I, is. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. Yeah, no. Just the, the, where, where is the loophole again now? For how do you get around this? Well, the phrase that you used, or that they used, that the framers used, the jurist, under the jurisdiction thereof. Yep. As I say, as I say, when you have, when you're here and you're not a citizen and you're not under the jurisdiction of the United States, and the, that is uh, the point. I the. the case I pointed out right. for uh, embassy, for instance, employees right, right. or whatever, but it's the same thing for illegal entrance. Okay. And so the, and, and we need to have that tested. At least it needs to go to the court to actually be tested. That, that's, you know, certainly our, our position on this thing. Um, and that uh, in, in doing so, we would have some clarification as to what that phrase actually means. It's the one, it is the phrase that has provided, um, I guess, both sides an example of, I mean, the, what they want to use to prove their case, but it needs to be adjudicated. We're talking to Tom Tancredo, former congressman, uh, and he's uh, a, a board advise, on, the, on the advisory board of an organization called We Build the Wall, um, and we're talking about anchor babies, and uh, President Trump has said he wants to uh, fix this problem. Um, so uh, how are these women recruited and who pays for them to live here so, with a newborn baby? I mean, it's one thing to come across, however you come across whatever border, uh, then you give mm-hmm. birth to a baby. Uh, the baby has to eat. You have to eat. You have to have a place to live. Who's taking care of these women and the babies? I remember, uh, this was a while back now, so I'm, I'm assuming this is still underway, but I remember that there was, uh, there were a number of lawyers that would advertise in Mexico uh, and say, if you're about to have a baby, you know, contact us. And then they arranged everything. They arranged to bring them in. They arranged for the hospital to provide this, you know, to, to have the baby. And, you know, they would, they would be paid by various means. I mean, there are organizations, there are people that will provide funds for that kind of thing. But I remember a huge, network of lawyers in the United States that set up a set up shop, cottage industry for bringing these folks in. Wow. Now, uh, where yeah. now you, you mentioned that you witnessed some of this with the, the women coming in in ambulances because they were ready to give birth. Yeah, yeah. Um, where are these women coming from, most of them, the pregnant women? Well, I, I do not know. I mean, I can't tell you what I only saw the well, where I saw it. It was almost all Mexico coming from Mexico. I do not know. And I cannot tell you if they were transiting uh, Mexico coming in from other countries. But of yeah. course, I was at the Mexican-American border. Yeah, but where, well, I, where I saw well, I guess. But, I, but the, it's, it's happening a lot with Chinese women coming here. And uh, yeah. are they are they? Are they just landing in uh, at the airport in uh, out on the West Coast or in Hawaii, or are they going down and coming no. across the Mexican border? And most of them are coming across the Mexican border, the ones you just described. Yes, Chinese, uh, again, t- tourism births, or however you want to put it, you know, put a, put a, a, a connotation to it. But 
Um, but it is they they do come through Mexico because you see if you come in a different way if you come in here on a visa, uh, I mean you're coming in illegal. You're coming right. in legally, and uh, and so you don't need to sneak across the border for this purpose. But but many people can't get the visa and provi- and therefore come through. They pay cartels to bring them through. Um, and as I said earlier, there are organizations that actually provide uh, support necessary for people once they get here uh, and the payment to lawyers and all of this. Because, of course, you've got, like I say, between the, the, the Democrats who want the votes and the Republicans that want the labor, you've also got, of course, lots of organizations that um, feel, uh, you know, it is their moral duty to, to do this. Now, the truth is, many of these organizations feel it's their moral duty because they get millions of dollars to Catholic re- uh, uh, um, uh, services uh, and Lutheran immigration services. They make literally hundreds of millions of dollars from the resettlement process. And, and for them, they couldn't care less whether they're resettling legal or illegal entries into the United States. And so it's a, a major, it's a huge undertaking. And uh, I, like I say, thank God we've got somebody in the, in the office of the president who um, might want to try to stop this uh, and, and, and get a handle on immigration. I mean, what is so wrong with trying to identify the people who are coming into your country for what purpose, for how long, um, this is just common sense. Every other country does it. Uh, we are the most liberal country in the world for legal immigrants. Right. 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 Sure. So nobody, no, nobody can claim that there is this prejudice against immigration. We take in more than anyone else in the world, and and yet there is a, this massive opposition to trying to actually make it a legal, formal process like any other country operates under. And uh, how much of this, uh, Tom, is a, uh, a national security issue? Well, of course, it's a, it's a major problem in and of itself. I have, again, on the border, I have seen um, in these places called layup sites. Layup sites are areas where uh, we, we bring people in and uh, I say we. Cartels will bring people in. Um, uh, they amass in certain areas, and they, they are taken. Across, they are taken there usually on foot across the border on foot into these areas, uh, usually on somebody's land, some rancher's land. Uh, oftentimes, there'll be hundreds, sometimes thousands of people will have accumulated not only not at once necessarily, but over a period of time, thousands of people in these areas. They leave tons of trash hundreds of tons of trash. Um, uh, I'd imagine the stuff that gets left behind for the rancher to try to, to clean up. Mm-hmm. But um, in these places, I have seen um, corrals. I have seen um, prayer rugs. I have, you name it, that indica- the indicators of people coming into this country who are OTMs, other than Mexican. That's the way yeah. the Border Patrol refers to it. Uh, so it, there's, and also, they are um, people are smuggled into the country, and the the cost of the smuggling uh, is determined by the uh, value of the person they're bringing in, and value is determined by how dangerous it is to bring that person in. So you have cartels that are charging upwards sometimes of $50,000. Wow, they Tom, I'm, to bring someone I, I'm up in, against I'm sorry, a, go ahead. No, I'm up against a hard break in about 15 seconds, so I have to end it here. I I really you appreciate bet. you uh you being on and uh, letting us know what's going on there. I hope they fix it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, that's Tom Tancredo and we will be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. House Democrats are saying that no president has ever abused power the way President Trump did toward Ukraine. Prosecution statements by House managers are continuing. President Trump's legal team gets their turn to present a defense, likely on Saturday. On Friday, President Trump will become the first president to attend in person the March for Life, 
set for tomorrow in the nation's capital. Stocks are closing mixed as gains in technology and industrial companies offset declines elsewhere in the market. Investors continue to monitor developments in the international effort to keep a deadly new virus outbreak in China from spreading further and potentially hurting the global economy. Healthcare stocks, banks, and insurers among the biggest losers. The Dow fell 26, the NASDAQ gained 18, the S&P was up 3. This is SRN News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Larry Elder believes the impeachment is just one piece of the puzzle. The House is threatening to call additional witnesses if the Senate doesn't. What did I tell you? This is never going to stop. The relentless negative coverage day after day after day after day. The pounding, pounding, pounding. The Larry Elder Show. Weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. If you're involved in youth or high school sports, you need to know about Positive Coaching Alliance. PCA is a national nonprofit organization developing better athletes and better people through youth and high school sports. For more information, visit PositiveCoach.org. When you've got water, fire, or smoke damage, there's no debate. You have to vote yellow. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Our team is ready to help 24 hours a day. Demand the yellow band. This election year, you can vote red or you can vote blue, but yellow is always the right choice. Demand the yellow van when you have water damage and call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Call Service Master. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do, to protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law, legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Pick up two bottles of liquor chops, get the third bottle free. New improved liquor chops with omega-6, omega-3, vitamin E, and now six extra direct-fed microbials. Even better for the digestive tract and immune system. And dogs love it. Try Chops. Buy two, get one free. This is Henry Lukasiewicz for Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. Big tie-ups on the Parkway North. On the inbound side, got a vehicle fire put out. It's in the right lane just past McAleer Road. You're jammed up from 79. Outbound, lots of delays there. Camp Horn Road to McAleer Road. On the Parkway West, that's heavy outbound. Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie. Inbound also from 79 to Roslyn Farms Road. And Parkway East, that stacks up outbound with delays from Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound approaching the Fort Pitt Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Rather cloudy skies for tonight with a low of 30. Mild and cloudy tomorrow with times of rain late during the afternoon of a high 46. Periods of rain tomorrow night with a low of 37. Mainly cloudy on Saturday with an afternoon rain or snow shower in some areas and a high 38. And Sunday cloudy with a few flurries and a high 37. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. 
Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Yes, we do spend a lot of time around here talking about toxic masculinity and uh, may have been accused of spreading some around every once in a while, actually. What we haven't spent much time on is toxic feminism. Dr. Meg Meeker has written a book called Raising a Strong Daughter in a Toxic Culture. She's also uh, written a bestseller called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters, and she joins us now. Meg, thanks for being here. Oh, thanks so much for having me. So, uh, as I said, we, we laugh a lot around here about the hysteria over uh, toxic masculinity, which I I don't know if anybody knows exactly what that means, but, um, but we don't hear much about toxic feminism. Might that be because it's okay to bash men, but not okay to do the same to women? Just wondering. Bing- Bingo! That's it. <laughs> you know, really, when feminism took off, um, and I was at all women's college in the '70s, you know, it really the second wave started to ramp up. And okay, you know, women wanted to, you know, do as well as men in the professions, have equal opportunity. But what happened is, over the decades, it sort of morphed into um, we have to beat men. Uh, we don't need men. Uh, we can do whatever we want. We can have babies on our own. We can raise them, and kids don't need their dads you know and really as a pediatrician i sat and watched this and i thought whoa 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 because what i knew in my practice was very very different and i saw really a lot of the feminism um turn into something that was really harming our daughters and that was that it's very anti-male anti-dad and this doesn't sit well with me as one who loves kids now, and it's interesting because I, I think about this all the time, and this is a little bit off the subject of what we're going to talk about here today, but um, this, the anti-male thing, and the, you know, there's, uh, there, I'm sure you're aware of things like um, um, Drag Queen Story Hour and things like that, and, um, and I, see, I see overtly effeminate men, even to the point where they're dressed like women, made up like women, that are slobbered over by the media on various talk shows, and uh, they appear as guests, and they're treated, they're just, the, 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 the people in the media can't get enough of them. But I rarely see the female equivalent of that, which would be a woman with a crew cut, uh, you know, maybe wearing a shirt with her sleeves rolled up with a pack of cigarettes in there. I mean, I don't know. Whatever would yeah. be the whatever would be the exact opposite of a drag queen or an overtly, especially effeminate man. And I and I and it's kind of the same thing with me. It's uh, it's men, uh, women, good. It's good for men to imitate women, but boy, we better not let the women imitate men because that would be a bad thing. Exactly. And I think that, uh, you know, it's kind of like the Marlboro woman. You'd never see that. Oh, you, you wouldn't. Know, no, you'd never see that. But I think there's a reason behind that because, you know, women are focused on, hyper-focused on to excel, to break the glass ceiling. I understand that. I mean, I'm a physician and I went to, to medical school in the 80s when 25% of my class was women and, you know, 75% men. So, so I get all of that, but I think that there's a reason that uh, men are becoming uh, embraced, you know, the feminist side of men is embraced, and this also this sense that I don't want to be a male, but I don't want to be a female, so I'll just kind of pretend to be both. And this is what we see in the drag queen thing. And this is what we're seeing in this whole transgender movement, too, which is, I see this in kids, which is, I don't mind being a girl, but I don't mind being a boy, but I feel more like a boy than a girl, so I need to transition. This is how confused we have made our children. And a lot of what's driving it is a sense that they really don't who they are because we have um, given them sort of um, carte blanche to think what they want, to do what they want, to feel what they want, and it's all good. Um, and and it, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work for kids. It, it actually makes them kind of crazy. And what? So what is toxic feminism? Can is there a way to sum it up uh, succinctly, or is it is sure. that not possible? Sure. Feminism, uh, toxic feminism is really when women um, choose to, uh, to beat men at whatever they're doing, 
to to establish a sense that they don't need men they can do everything on their own and a sense also that that we don't like men and so we're going to push them away push them out of everybody's lives and we're going to demean them um, because we dislike them so much and we see that I mean we see that everywhere but nobody can put their finger on it and that's really what toxic feminism is all about because true feminism I guess really was meant to be we want to strengthen women to use their giftedness to be good at a lot of things um, but also in a way that doesn't push men away. It complements men. And the whole idea that women should be fully women and men should be fully men and we should come together complementing with an E one another um, is unheard of. But that's really what, what life is all about. Talking to Dr. Meg Meeker, the book is Raising a Strong Daughter in a Toxic culture. Uh, so what's the toughest thing about being a teenage girl right now? And, and what's the toughest thing about being the parent of one or more? Great, of one? Yeah, great questions. I have asked over the years uh, to my teenage girls, what are the biggest things that you struggle with? And without skipping a beat, the top two things are being thin enough. I, I feel like I need to be thin. Um, all my friends want to be thin. And we actually have one third of third graders who feel they should be on a diet. The other thing is that they need to be sexually active. They just don't know how to navigate it. They don't know what to do. But our culture is so hypersexualized. They feel that as a large part, their sexual identity and gender identity is a large part of who they are as girls. The tough thing for parents is and I think parents are very afraid and anxious. And I, and I say that because I hear from thousands of parents over the past years. Um, they, they're scared of what their daughters are confronting, social media, movies, um, you know, boys, the sexualization. And they feel they don't have what it takes to navigate this. And I wrote the book to say, absolutely, you do. Because mom and dad, as scary as the culture is, you hold the power yeah, the culture is going to, you know, influence them and, and turn them this way or that way. But if you understand how huge you are in your daughter's lives, particularly dads, because dads don't believe this, particularly if they're a divorced dad, and feel like, well, my daughter doesn't need me. She's 14, 15. Life is all about her peers. Um, you, they're wrong. I mean, they're absolutely wrong. And so, really, I wrote the book to parents to say, here are some of the issues that your daughters are dealing with. Yes, you're afraid of them, but roll up your sleeves. You can do this because a lot of these things are here to stay, like screens and social media. Yeah, uh, the, the full title of the book, by the way, is Raising a, a Strong Daughter in a Toxic Culture, 11 Steps to Keep Her Happy, Healthy, and Safe. So it's a, it's a how-to book for um, uh, parents with daughters. So um, I, I didn't have to deal with social media with my kids but I have seen some of the problems from uh, from it with my grandkids, both boys and girls. But uh, I have a feeling it's a bigger problem for girls. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, girls are um, have issues with social media. Boys have issues with video games because boys are very visual people, and they get hooked by images and sounds much quicker than girls. Girls get hooked to social media because it's what they're, where they're going to to figure out who they are and how well-liked they are. And they literally, many of them, believe that the more people say they like about them on social media, the more important they are. But this is a ruse, A, because it's not real affirmation, uh, it, 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 real affirmation, and B, it doesn't last. Because eventually somebody on social media is going to say something really obnoxious or bully you, and boom, all that they feel they've gained in self-esteem is gone. So it really lures girls into the sense that um, if I'm significant on social media and I'm active enough on social media, then I will feel good about myself. But it never, ever works. As a matter of fact... There's some really good studies coming out now, and one in particular showed there's a direct correlation between the amount of time girls spend on social media and depression. And it makes a lot of sense because um, they're, they're looking for something um, furiously. I need to, need to, need to find out that I'm okay and okay and okay, but it never delivers. 
And instead, what they're left with is this deep sense of, I don't know if I'm worth anything. And that's where the, really the depression comes from. And um, I, I think that, that it, it, it occurs to me, at least it seems to me, that parents um, are deathly afraid of taking the phone, the computer, whatever medium they have of contacting uh, social media away from their kids because they don't know that they're, they don't think that their kids can handle it. That, that would actually, they're afraid of what their kids would do without it. Yeah. Well, if their kids, and I tell this to parents, uh, boys and girls, if, you're, if your kid really fights you and has a colossal fit taking the phone away, that's a sign there's an addiction there mm-hmm. because they can't stand to be without it. They're going to go into withdrawal, if you will. I think the other thing is parents, um, they don't like conflict with their kids. They don't want to knock down drag out for a couple of months, which is sometimes what it takes to get screens away from your kids. But, oh, well, you know, your kids are worth it. Um, Also, um, parents, I think, um, feel, this is is odd, but I, I understand it. They feel that their kids, even as young as eight or five, are entitled to privacy. Yep. And that kids need their own little world or bigger world that is theirs that they can live in that parents have that have that don't have privy to. Mm-hmm. This is terrible. This is terrible. Um, kids should not be allowed to live in a secret world with secrets. Marriages don't. You know, my husband. We've been married a long time. Great marriage. He has access to. Everything of mine, email, uh, phone, um, you know, lists of things, because that's how you keep healthy relationships going. So this whole idea that their kids need privacy um, is really uh, is really um, misconstrued because kids, when there's privacy and they're allowed to live in their own worlds, it's dangerous because they don't know how to navigate it. You know, once upon a day, probably when you and I grew up, there were phones and in the house, and if somebody called and your dad or mom answered, everybody in the house knew who you were talking to. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it wasn't this, I'm going to go have some phone call in my room, or I'm going to chat with somebody my parents have no idea. That's how kids get in trouble. And as a matter of fact, kids don't really want as much privacy as parents feel they owe their kids. So parents really need to get rid of the sense that their kids need privacy. They will have a lifetime of privacy if they want. But for 18 years, it's a parent's job to know who their kids are talking to, where they're going, how fast they're driving, and, you know, who they're on social media with, just to protect their kids, because there are a lot of people out there who don't really care who your daughter is. They want to sell her stuff, or they want to pull her into things that are very dangerous for her. Now, when I was a kid, um, a big thrill for guys was when somebody got a hold of their dad's copy of Playboy magazine. Oh, yeah. Uh, and now, any kid, boy or girl, can access hardcore porn 20 seconds. I mean, I yeah. can't even imagine being able to do that when I was 14 or 15 years old. What, 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 I just I can't even imagine it. So what, yeah. what's been the fallout from that? Oh, it's horrible. We have an enormous problem with addiction, um, uh, pornography addiction um, among young kids, too. You know, I have parents of eight, nine-year-olds who call and say, help, I don't know what to do, and my boy is being poor. Because what happens is, and a lot of parents will say, well, my son's a good kid, he wouldn't do that. It's not about that. Porn finds kids. It Mm. finds boys. All boys have to do is look at a couple um, music um, YouTubes or, or, you know, Google some sites where they're musicians, and bingo. The porn companies know this is somebody that we can go after. And so literally it chases them and appears. And and, and a young boy um, is so intrigued and stunned and doesn't know what to do, he goes back for more to figure out what it is. And if a boy is in puberty or post-pubertal, it doesn't take long before they're hooked into it. And, you know, pornography is horrible for men and boys. Um, we don't have time to go into it, but it, 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 ruin, it takes the emotion and the intimacy 
Um, and the beauty out of sexual activity and, and brings it down to just sort of an animalistic response. Yeah. It, it, it objectifies women. It objectifies men. It strips people down just to the, the, the core, um, you know, responses that they have, the, almost animalistic responses. And it never satisfies. So kids will go back and back and back, and then they have to go to harder and harder porn to quote unquote satisfy what they're looking for, but it never works. Yeah, I uh, I'm out of time, uh, Meg, but I have a saying that I use a lot. I've been covering sports for a long time. I've many times in reference to some things that are happening in sports, and I say words can't describe how glad I am to have grown up when I did. Um, yeah, and um, you know, I talk to people like you, and I. <laughs> I, that's reinforced. Uh, the name of the book is Raising a Strong Daughter in a Toxic Culture, 11 Steps to Keep Her Happy, Healthy, and Safe. like to have you on again, uh, Dr. Meeker. Thank you for being here. Thank you. I'd love to. Okay. That's Meg Meeker, and we will be right back. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. And out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company, offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roof roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention STAG for an additional 10% off. Windows R Us, proud sponsor of the Jerk of the Week, heard every Friday on the John Steigerwald Show. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind. Expensive. There are lots of changes happening in healthcare today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years. Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every healthcare provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Todd Marley at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. Just because it's cold outside, it doesn't mean you need to stop grilling. Not if you've got the right grill, and that would be a Solaire Infrared Grill. Solaire Infrared Grills perform equally well in the cold of winter as in the heat of summer. Just like you feel warm from the sun when you step out of the shadows, the Solaire infrared burners heat your food directly, not the air around the food like conventional grills do. The intense heat also results in the juiciest food you will ever taste from a grill, gas, charcoal, or otherwise. To get the great taste, it's all about the heat. 
And Solaire Infrared from BestHotGrill.com gets hotter than anything you've ever experienced. Try it yourself with the Solaire Demo Program. Solaire is truly the last grill you'll ever buy. Learn more about these amazing USA-made grills at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. BestHotGrill.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, we were just talking about uh, women and daughters with... uh Dr. Meg Meeker, who wrote the book, Raising a Strong Daughter in a Toxic Culture. Uh, and I came across this. Uh, this is uh, at the Daily Wire. Feminists freak out after discovering men don't want to date woke women. Imagine that. They're finding out that men don't want to hang out with women who think that uh, men are toxic, that there's toxic masculinity out there. Uh, and it's uh, feminists... Uh, are saying it's uh, the they they don't like this guy Lawrence Fox uh, on the BBC. He's a big guy, big deal over there in Britain, and he said something about uh, Duchess Meghan, and he said that he didn't believe that criticism of her came from racism, and then uh, he also insisted in uh, one of the newspapers that he does not date woke women, and so the woke women came out of the the woke woodwork, and and uh, they don't like him. And they say that they can't believe that somebody would uh, not want to hang out with a woman. Uh, And this is one woman says, he thinks that it's institutionally racist to tell the story of the First World War in a racially diverse way, irrespective of the fact that Sikh soldiers absolutely fought for Britain. He said he made some comment about they had to have a a Sikh soldier in there, and they got upset about that. But um, they say Fox is denying racism and sexism, irrespective of whether or not they exist. It's nothing sort of gaslighting. It's all very Donald Trump. There's a woman you want to go out with, huh? And she, she said this guy should be deplatformed because before his ideas creep into the psyches of other males who then start refusing to date feminists, believe me, they don't need to listen to this guy to want to not date you. How about that for you? We'll be back tomorrow, I think. Uh, same time, same station. Bye. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.